Hello, welcome to the Dear Balladeer podcast, the podcast where we find the perfect song for your predicament. I'm your host, Sadie Gustafson Zook. I'm sure we're all aware of how powerful the right song at the right time can be. Having the knowledge that someone else has experienced a similar thing is so important, since we're all just going through the world in our own iterations of the same themes. On top of that, having a musical moment encapsulate some of those feelings can be extremely validating and help us feel less alone. And that's really where the podcast comes in. The premise behind Dear Balladeer is that you write in your anonymous advice submissions and I band together with my musician friends to find a song to go with your predicament. We then talk to the songwriter who wrote that song about the context for their song, about their writing process, about any other useful information that they have from their life that could be pertinent to your question, and have them weigh in on your advice submission. And at the end of our interview, we'll listen to the whole song, just the entire thing, because I feel like it can be really nice to hear song from start to finish and also to hear the extra intel that you gain when you get specific access to the person that wrote the song. So I think it'll be really special and I am understandably extremely excited, excited to get started. So I'm assuming that a lot of the people that will be listening to this podcast are people that know me or know that I'm a musician, know things about me. But if for some random stroke of fate you showed up to this podcast without any prior knowledge to who I am and what authority I have to be talking about songs and also uh, answering your advice, here are my credentials. Uh, Well... Um, (laughs) when I was in seventh grade, I would go with my best friend to Yahoo Answers and I would answer people's questions and anytime they got too serious, I would freak out and be like, oh my gosh, I have all the pressure in the world on my shoulders to give this person solid advice, but I really liked giving people advice. In terms of music... I am a songwriter and a musician, and this summer I had a realization, and that realization was that songwriters are actually the coolest people and the best people at giving advice because their whole deal is that they spend all their times they spend all their time thinking about what's going on in their life, thinking about relationships. And really kind of distilling the key themes and just really hyper analytical folks who are excited or even if they're not excited, willing to share their own experience with other people. And I was at the Kerrville Folk Festival and hanging out with all these amazing songwriters And it was the first time I had been to a songwriting festival and not just like a folk music festival or a bluegrass festival. And in those settings, most of the social scenes revolved around just jamming, which is awesome. I love to jam. Um, But nobody was like giving you any personal information. 
And I'm someone who thrives off of people giving me personal information, not in a sketchy, stealing kind of way, but just in general, I want people to feel like they can tell me about themselves. And I want to, I like intimacy. I like being vulnerable. I like it when people are vulnerable with me. And at Kerrville, hanging out with all these songwriters, I, you know, was thinking about how amazing it is to be surrounded by a whole group of people whose sole favorite thing is just being extremely vulnerable. And I'm sure that they will bring some of that vulnerability into our interviews on this podcast. So without further ado, let's say hello to our guest. Today on the podcast, our guest is my pal and very cool person, Eliza Edens. Okay. I am really excited to have Eliza Edens with us here today. I met Eliza at Club Passim, even though I don't think they remember it. <laughs> um, but I thought they were so cool. And then I was in Richmond this summer and they had a show and we met up and it was so sweet. So Eliza, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be the inaugural guest. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> um, so just for people who don't know who you are and also for people that want to know more about you, can you tell me what, where, okay, first, what are your pronouns? Where do you live? And let's start there. Yeah, my, my pronouns are she, her, or they, them. And I live in Brooklyn, New York. Um, though I'm originally from Western Massachusetts, uh, from an area called the Berkshires. Um, yeah, I'm a songwriter, musician, guitarist. Um, yeah. Um, yes. And for those of you who have not listened to Eliza's music yet, you must. And I guess by the end of this podcast, you will. <laughs> um, are what kind of like identities are important to you at this point in your life? Hmm. That's a very open-ended question. Wow. Yeah, I know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I think um, more recently um, sort of nurturing my queer identity has been more important to me. Um, And a musician, being a musician has sort of been a social identity for me um probably since I was in college I didn't really grow up uh in a music scene or a specific music culture there wasn't really a music scene in my hometown um and so I think yeah identifying as a musician has sort of given me a a big uh, like a lot more friends <laughs> I'd say um so I think those are the two uh identities that are important to me right now oh and then in the past year I say I think I would start identifying myself as a runner as well oh yeah congratulations yeah it's been a long process to get to that point but I used (laughs) to hate running in college but yeah how much well maybe it's not even important how much what what led you to adopt that identity um I signed up for a half marathon and I just started training for it. Yeah. Um, 
I, I sort of, uh, this time last year, I was like, I need some sort of like, I need some sort of exercise. I need some sort of like somatic practice, something to like get me in my body mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Um, and, and I had a friend that was, si- that had signed up to run the half marathon and I was like, Oh, I'll just do that. And then it's just sort of the, that was the, the race was in April. And then I just sort of, I just kept running. So are you doing like long distance stuff or short? Um, <laughs> I, I try to run like three miles every other day. So like okay. 10 to 12 miles a week or something. Um, and then, I mean, when I was training for the half marathon, I was doing longer runs on the weekends, like six, between six and eight miles. Um, and then like 10 miles before the race or so. Um, Cool. Wait, okay. Half marathon. How many is that? Is that- 13. 13. Okay. Oh gosh. Maybe 13.3 or something. I don't know exactly what a mar- marathon's 26 point something. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> half marathon's 13 point something. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. And that's exciting. Um, can I go back to when you said that you were as social you identified socially as a musician yeah <laughs> can you talk more about that <laughs> um well I think I mean being a musician is um I feel like and you probably understand this too I feel like your work and your play get very much blended into one mm-hmm. um <laughs> and uh I think I mean h- half the part of playing music is just being with other people and and so I think if you are a musician you you do I you, you sort of have to identify as a, as a musician like as a part of your social identity because music is grounded in um communities I mean you can't really do it alone unless you're just a solo singer-songwriter for your entire career mm-hmm. um so that's sort of how I think of it if that makes sense cool yeah I was just thinking I mean so far the people that are interested in this podcast I think are all musicians yeah but there's a few people that are and I was like well they might not they might want that to be fleshed out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um cool yeah no I definitely get that even though I'm like on the end where now I'm kind of in a place geographically where I am there are definitely musicians around, but I am um, moving more towards like, oh, just making music by myself and then like recording many, many layers. And um, but definitely like the identity of being a musician is still really important. And I feel like Instagram is where I am a musician <laughs> or just like that's like where I have <clears throat> like where all the people that I've met for music things like that's where I meet up with my my musician friends right yeah and I think too this is something that I'm trying to like uh branch out of a little bit is is identifying I mean I do identify like socially as a musician but like I also think it's important to have a diverse life and and also like be in spaces maybe where you aren't like known as a musician or or you know just um which can sort of I I think just introduce some like freshness to your life because because if it's always like 
Eliza the musician, Sadie's the musician, and this in this group of people, like it can get a little old, I guess, or or the mm -hmm. way you the way you conceive of yourself can become sort of pigeonholed in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and that I'm like starting to think about the question that we're gonna address later. I'm like, mm, yes, yes, we'll come back to this. <laughs> <laughs> Unintentional um, foreshadowing. <laughs> But um, I guess kind of jumping off of that, do you have like other create? Well, I guess it's still creative pursuits, but like, do you have other creative exp like forms of expression that you enjoy or that also feel like they are making you a more informed or well-rounded musician and or human? Nothing that I put as much effort and like and work into as music, I'd say. Um, but I do sometimes. I enjoy like writing, uh, and I've written like I've written like essays a few times, and like I and I like to write poems every now and then. Um, but it's not like some. I do have like a folder on my desktop that says poems, and some someday I feel like I want to do something with them. Mm -hmm. But for now, it's just like gathering. Uh, um, so nothing like little things like that. Um, I like to cook. But as it's well. also like I don't think that that's that little. Mm. I mean, your well, it obviously informs your writing because your music is really like poetic. Yeah, I'm definitely influenced by. Um, like poetry in general and anything I'm reading. Um, I have a list in my um, phone on my notes app of um, some like phrases that I've sometimes come across in books that I think would make for good song titles. Um, and then something that's sort of that I've been inspired by recently is this podcast called The Slowdown. Hmm. Um, have you heard of it? I haven't. What is it? Um, it's called The Slowdown, and it's by, um, or it was, she just left uh, to become Poet Laureate of the United States. Oh, my gosh. Um, but Ada Limon, um, she's a wonderful poet, and she, basically the concept of the podcast is um, she picks a poem um, every day. The podcast happens every day. Um Wow. And she like gives like a little she sort of she sort of prefaces the poem maybe with a story from her life or something. Um, and then she reads the poem. And I've have found that very um, inspirational and just sort of um, thinking about how, yeah, poetry can inform everything, I guess, yeah. and especially songwriting and music. Oh, that's cool. I should check it out. Yeah, it's it's a very it's a nice um it's a slowdown. It mm -hmm. sort of like takes you out of oh my gosh, what what what's next on my to do list? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. That's cool. Um, okay. I have a few more general questions and then mm -hmm. we'll get into the question. Um <laughs> What did you want to be when you grew up when you were a kid? <laughs> Um, I don't think I ever knew the answer to that question. 
honestly, I wasn't very much of like a future tripping <laughs> child. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't really have an answer to that question. I, I never, um, I never like dreamed of being anything in particular. I wasn't like a wanderer or like, yeah, I I wasn't like an overly ambitious child, I guess. So I don't have a very present child in the moment. I guess so. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Um, Do you have any examples of creative expression from your youth that you still think about today? Yeah, there was, um, I actually used to keep this little sculpture on my desk but I don't anymore I don't actually maybe it's just maybe it's at my parents house again um it's this like uh clay (laughs) dinosaur (laughs) that I made um in art class in elementary school I don't know how old I was maybe eight or nine um but it's like I was really into like um like lime green and like bright orange like very like highlighter colors Mm -hmm. when I was in elementary school and it's painted like like lime green or like yellow highlighter yellow or something and um it's just this like really bad badly made dinosaur um but I think I just really loved it because it was that color Mm -hmm. and so I kept it on my desk for a while because I wanted to remind myself that um that I loved something that sort of looked so bad <laughs> and but I just loved but the fact that I just loved making it at that age mm-hmm. um I tried yeah um I wanted to remind myself to like not always evaluate um what I'm making as good or bad or, or but but just like remembering the idea behind creating something is beautiful yeah I think that's a helpful message to remember probably for anyone who creates things mm-hmm. um, and maybe even for the person that we will eventually get to their question <laughs> <laughs> do you have any activity that makes you lose track of time and if so what is it or what are they Usually writing a song or music, um, going for a walk. Um, I feel like the older I get, the harder it is for me to access that Hmm. brain space. Um, Or definitely cooking. Um, But I'd say mainly music, which is like why I like to play music because it does take you out of time in that way. You get so engaged and present and it's so many it's like it's physical it's mental it's spiritual it's everything um or just like deep conversations with friends yeah yeah uh i was in this is a message for the listeners eliza you already know this but i was in new york in september and eliza helped host a like art share and a bunch of people well eliza was like really busy making pizzas and then everybody like shared a piece of music or a poetry there was a lot of stuff people shared I don't remember everything but it was so cool and it was just like neat to have yeah those kind of moments where you're like totally just sharing with people and listening and not thinking about what time it was yeah it was it was cool so thank you for putting that on (laughs) yeah of course I'm so glad you were in town 
Hello, it's Sadie here with an aside before we get to our writer-submitted question. So this podcast is funded by my artistic person Patreon. It's called Sadie Gustafson Zook. If you would like to help support this podcast or support me as a musician, um, you may go to the show notes and find the page there. Um, my subscribers get special songwriting accountability monthly Zooms um, where we'll all get together and I'll give prompts and it'll be very fun. A sense of community is always nice around creative practices. Um, I will be releasing exclusive demos of songs that either have not been released yet or will be re-released as different versions. It'll be very cool. Um, there will be special extended versions of this podcast um, with more conversations with the musicians, more context, more information about their songwriting process. And maybe I'll even send out an occasional lino cut that I make because I love that. So if you are interested in that, please head over to the link in the show notes. I will also add that I have multiple tiers in the Patreon, but everybody gets the same thing. So whatever you are able to provide, whether that's $5 a month or whether that's something higher, I really appreciate it. Um, whatever you've got to give, I'll take. Thank you. All right, now back to me and Eliza's conversation and our user-submitted question. Okay, and for anyone listening, if you have questions that you would like us to consider for the podcast, there is a forum in, a form, not a forum. <laughs> there is a form in the contact, in the bio of the Dear Balladier Instagram page, and you can submit your things there. Um as short or as long form as you would like. I think more information is usually helpful, but um, we'll, we'll just take what you give us and then see what sticks out. So now I think I should read the question. Great. Dear Valadier, I'm an artist who's currently going through a creative dry spell. It seems like a good idea to consider that I might not be the same kind of artist forever and that it's okay to take a break indefinitely and that changing gears completely is an option and that linking my value as a person to what I produce is bad. I think considering these points seriously will take some serious pressure off of me creatively. The trouble is, I always thought I'd be a specific kind of artist, and I'm attached to that idea even though it's not working for me right now. I feel like I can't grieve the fact that this phase of my life might be over because I'm in denial, I guess. Do you have any songs about unwanted change or the grief process or creative dry spells that you would recommend? Sincerely, the letter writer. <laughs> wow. Oh, this is such a, a multifaceted question. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think, first of all, thank you to the uh, whoever this is who submitted this question, I feel like you're not alone in this struggle. I think um, just, I mean, change is hard and it's hard to accept um, parts of your life that are changing or parts of yourself that are changing when you, when you do feel attached to um, sort of previous versions of yourself. I feel like I need to hear the question again because there were so many um oh yeah they were talking about creative like a creative dry spell right right so there's like the part about when I hear the letter I'm not entirely sure 
what they would like us to address because yeah. it's like they yeah. are having a creative dry spell. So part of me wants to offer advice, <clears throat> like advice for like how to get out of a creative dry spell. Yeah. But then the other part is kind of like resigned to the fact that they just need to change something and that maybe they already know that because they're not actually asking for advice on how to get out of a creative dry spell. Right. Like they're asking for advice on, um, yeah, the grief process and, well, okay, they did say advice on creative dry spells. Yeah. But I guess the part that sticks out to me is, like, do you have any songs about unwanted change? And that the unwanted word is the part that makes me think that like yeah. maybe they do want advice on like dry spell like that I think it's maybe okay to offer advice to like you know uh, like when you're listening and hearing what they're saying and being like it's okay to just have like whatever is happening right now right. is okay and like just an acknowledgement that whatever happens will be what happens and it's fine and then also um wanting to give them solutions right too <laughs> yes yeah oh wow um yeah i think yeah it is hard not to approach from like a solutions based <laughs> mindset sometimes um as yeah as a, a problem solver myself <laughs> um yeah a lot of the a lot of the language that's that they use is like um i think um just the idea of being uh like more open two possibilities um is something that maybe could help them in some ways that um, they seem like they're not open or what kind of you said the language they're using the language they're using seems a little close like uh -huh, unwanted okay. attached um very like um sort of it seems like maybe the way that they're thinking about themselves is sort of trapping themselves in some way. Mm. Um, but it seems like they're also aware of that, but they're yeah. reluctant to, um, like, sort of, like, they. it's like they, they know they need to change, but they don't want to, and mm -hmm. that's okay. I feel like um, at least acknowledging and knowing that they're in that state is great. Like right um and they don't they don't have to change unless they truly want to um, yeah and i think also like one thing that might be helpful is this idea that i got from this writer and just all-around creative person marley grace have you read their stuff at all i've heard of them and sort of vaguely know their like instagram presence yeah <laughs> yeah um they wrote this book called uh well, let me make sure it's getting to center, which I think this letter writer would really probably enjoy because it is all about like focusing on yourself as you're going through transitions. Um, but a point that Marley talks about a lot is like pivoting instead of 
like instead of feeling like you are giving up everything that has happened in the past by making a shift that you're not like you're just like rotating a little bit you know and then going in a different direction and I was thinking about that when I was reading this letter because there are plenty of ways to still be a creative person and not to have it be like I don't know they don't really say if it's like a monetary stressor or if it's just a internalized like wanting to be productive and produce good work kind of stressor but right. there are so many people that like find whatever balance works for them and and I think that like yeah having the idea of just like maintaining all of the things that have brought you to where you are and then from that point just like shifting a little bit um because I just like I didn't want the writer to be like to listen to what we said and then think that okay well now they're done forever with their art like I feel like yeah some of the language they use was yeah kind of like absolute um and and it's okay to grieve just like leaving a part of your identity that is no longer a the main part like that I don't want to discredit you know whatever process they're going through but I also want to just like pat them on the head and be like it's okay like you yeah can, you can just like get a corporate job that gives you a good time off and then like you know practice your creative thing for fun for a while or like or you can do morning page like start writing every day or like do things to try to get yourself out of the creative rut too like there are a lot of ways to approach it and obviously they're the only person that will really know what they need um but Mm -hmm. I just want them to know that there are so many options yeah yeah exactly um that actually makes me think of I've been I've been listening to this podcast recently um called all there is it's a podcast that Anderson Cooper is doing okay and it's all about grief um and one of the things that's sort of come up in that podcast is that is the idea that there's no one specific way to grieve everyone sort of has their own process and that's and that's completely okay Mm -hmm. um and so I would I would also sort of want to relay that to to the letter writer um just that whatever whatever you feel like you need to do whether that's sort of surrender to this to to a new part of yourself or spend some time grieving a past artistic self um whatever timeline that takes is is completely valid um and and yeah sort of like what Sadie said like if you need to um just sort of change your approach for a little bit um and there's such a I feel like there's such a like a high pressure and I feel like this sort of actually relates back to like musician as social identity like sometimes um tying those together maybe is not the right thing Mm. um like 
maybe just maybe just taking time make maybe taking time off from like calling yourself a musician could be helpful um and that's not to say that like you you will never be a music like never be a musician again but we're all just human beings at the end of the day and and (laughs) whatever um whatever you make um as long as it's reflective of I think it's as long as it's sort of true and honest and reflective of where you were in that specific moment I don't think um that there is um I don't think like like that's the best you can do and um whatever comes out will be beautiful and in its own sort of with its own shine yeah and I also want to acknowledge that like a lot of people right now like we've been in a pandemic (laughs) and a lot of people are feeling burnt out and I know this because I've been reading advice columns (laughs) to prepare for this advice column and a lot of people have been writing in being like I just don't feel like the same person that I was before and I like want to get back to some version of myself from before and so yeah I just want to also let the lighter writer know that like it's okay if you felt weird or like I don't know like I didn't write I wrote maybe like one or two songs a year for two years and then this year I had some big life changes and then I now I'm writing like so much and it's just like everything that I've been taking in and like holding inside is now coming out and so also I wanted to like just remind the letter writer that like you're taking in stuff all the time and like I've heard some people talk about their artistic process like they're in they have collection periods and then they have production periods and like and I've been thinking about it also in terms of like seasons like okay like in the summers I want to go tour I want to like be out and play a lot of music and see people and then in the other seasons maybe I'll be slower and I'll be like more just like working on different kinds of projects that are not about writing or and maybe or wait 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 no writing during the other during the times when I'm not performing and then taking in social information and experiences and the joy of being out in front of people during the other season so I mean that's like kind of tangentially related but just thinking about like how even if you don't feel like you are a creative being right now like you are gaining little bits of information that you could that might eventually want to come out um in a creative way and like just in case they do want advice on like how to get out of creative dry spells I feel like one thing that can be really helpful is just like anytime any kind of idea comes into your head or you observe anything that's just like oh that's a little bit interesting just like write it down like on a notes app or just like start a start a new page and then be like oh I was at Culver's and the little boy who served me the ice cream said something really funny like (laughs) that happened to me and I haven't written it into a song but I was like this interaction something that 
was like so funny and beautiful and I just want to remember it um and that I think the more we get in like observatory mindset the more easily the creative practice like emerges or at least that's like how it is for me yeah definitely um there was (laughs) I had a moment um at some point last spring where I was like rushing around like teaching lessons and walking from a lesson to a lesson and I got a slice of pizza in between and I was like and I had like a guitar in one hand a like slice of pizza on the other (laughs) I was like crossing this bridge over this highway um to this (laughs) other part of Brooklyn and I walked by this guy and he and he he said something to me like what did he say? He was like, do it up, love, or something. <laughs> just like, something kind of funny, just like embracing the fact that I was clearly just like sort of on a little hustle. <laughs> um, and I really, <laughs> really just, um, yeah, brightened my day in that moment. So, yeah, I think collecting collecting moments like that or uh, – which are like a plenty in New York of strangers saying <laughs> weird things to you, um, but can happen anywhere. Um, yeah, definitely just, just being a keen observer of the world and um, and just, yeah, putting your phone down sometimes. Hmm. Um, have yeah. you done morning pages? Or like, have you gotten into the, uh, what's it called? That book about creativity? <laughs> yeah the artist's way Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, I did that I think I tried doing some of it maybe three four years ago Mm -hmm. um but I I do do morning pages sometimes um and I do find that that really helps me get into a non-judgmental space um creatively Mm, which might be something that the letter writer could use yeah Perhaps. Because it sounds like they're judging themselves. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it makes me think again of of that little sculpture that I used to have on my desk of Mm -hmm. the dinosaur and, yeah, being in a non-judgmental space. Um, Because I think, I mean, there's just so much static in this world, like um, interactions and conversations that are just, that just sort of exist and don't really have a lot of, like, substance to them and and it's hard to I think that's sort of sort of clogging up our brains sometimes <laughs> or like you know if we if you're like on social media a lot um a lot of small things and small thoughts can sort of linger in your mind for a while and um really sort of I think if you want to um make art that it feels meaningful to you it'll it'll sort of be below the surface of all that static and those kinds of exercises I think can really help just sort of get the sort of get mm-hmm. the like the gunk of the day out of you um and get into like the really interesting stuff which like are what are our like deep-seated fears <laughs> and yearnings and desires and uh yeah the the stuff that really um poignant art is made from yeah I think also for me I have sometimes done morning pages some like more religiously than others but when it's been most helpful it's just been an opportunity for me to like 
think through my thoughts in a way that I don't normally give myself space to or if I'm around people a lot and I might be like talking through something but it having the other person there sometimes can be really helpful and sometimes can make me like talk myself into something that isn't actually what I'm trying to think or I don't know just being able to write it down and um and I can also talk myself into things when I'm writing it down but at least then you have this space to like experiment and be like okay here are some thoughts are any of these and then you go back and read it and you're like do any of these make sense like I don't know (laughs) yeah there have been times when I'm like wow I have not been thinking my own thoughts because I've been so either in other people's thoughts or on the internet and that morning pages really can have helped me when I've been in times like that yeah I mean it's sort of like holding a mirror up to your thought world and in, in that in the way you describe it yeah um just sort of be like okay what am I actually what am I actually composed of here and um <laughs> how do I want to change that or just sort of let it be what it is um or just yeah just observe it um yeah yeah Cool. Well, I think we give this person a lot to think about. <laughs> I hope so. I hope I hope uh hope uh that you find a way through and and I know you, that you will. Yeah. Um well, before we listen to the song Julia, do you have any like last last minute connections or parallels you want to draw or anything before we listen to that? Um yeah, it made me think of uh, this song that I wrote called Julia, um, which is sort of um, trying to make peace with that idea in some way and tr- and accepting, um, accepting and coming to terms with the idea of going on a different path, even though it is, um, is or could be more challenging and unfamiliar. Um, and obviously it's always um, sort of easier to say that in retrospect. <laughs> um, but I think um, one of, well, one of, actually one of the lines in the song is hope is the only seed worth planting. And I think approaching um, your path, whether that's as a musician or, or in a relationship, uh, or just your your life path in general with a sense of um with a sense of hope which can be quite an abstract concept (laughs) but just the idea that you know things will just things will work out and they won't always be they probably will never be as you planned um (laughs) but that's also where the most interesting pivot points in your life can happen um i guess this song was written for me actually stepping into the shoes of somebody somebody else um someone that i had been with in in the past a long long time ago um and sort of trying to occupy their their mind a little bit um in terms of uh 
why they ended a relationship. Mm. Yeah. Well, here is Julia by Eliza Edens. Thought I'd be there standing next to you Always supporting through hard times But it's a different town and it's a different plan Trading control for a blank canvas and a new the song. You just listened to the song Julia by Eliza Edens. Go check out all of Eliza's music and especially their new album Will Become the Flowers. I have been rocking it in my car and I love this album. Thank you to my Patreon subscribers for making this episode happen. If you would like to make it happen, hop on over to Sadie Gustafson Zook on Patreon. And it's also in the show notes. And consider becoming a subscriber. I really appreciate it. The theme music for this podcast was written by yours truly. It's my song, Last Time, Lost Time. And if you want us to weigh in on your quandary, make a submission. The Instagram page for Dear Balladeer is dear underscore balladeer. Well, till next time. Thanks for tuning in.